0: Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking a Goracom with you, and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press a Release, a production of Goracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out port news. And today's news that we're talking about at Royal Helium is big. It's an, it's an acquisition. On screen, you can see him. He's back again, Andrew Davidson. CEO and chairman of the company that trades in Canada, the stock symbol RHC for friends in the U.S., RHCCF. It's amazing, guys. A lot of people still think when they hear helium, they think balloons. But what they don't realize are all the high-tech te- high applications that include, and this is just a small list, MRI magnets, fiber optic cables, uh, chips and electronics, even cleaning rocket fuel tanks. Helium is in big demand, and that's making a high-priced commodity. With prices continue to rise because all these high tech applications, you know, high tech applications keep growing. Uh, where, where Royal Helium comes in to kind of help on the supply side is they're one of the largest landholders, uh, searching for helium with over 1 million acres of prospective helium land in Saskatchewan, and they've made one of the biggest helium discoveries in Saskatchewan history. All right, so they have plans for production in 2022. I mean, they've been ready to go. But supply chain is causing some. They're not immune from the supply chain issues. But the economics are crazy compelling. With you know wells declining just over 11 years, low cost capex, payback six months, and then generating cash flow for years. Uh, it's unbelievable. And today's release that we're talking about uh, came out on May the second. Royal Helium enters into agreement to acquire Imperium Imperial Helium Corp. Andy, welcome back, my friend.
1: Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. It's a great intro. <laughs>
0: Hey, big acquisition. Uh, clearly, you're still bullish on, yeah. uh, on, the, on the Helium market in the industry, right? You wouldn't be making acquisitions otherwise.
1: No, that, that's right. I mean, you, you pretty well nailed it on, on, the, on your Helium intro. The one thing, one or a couple of things that I think you may have missed and just maybe weren't aware of, and the market isn't either, is the issues going on in the Ukraine with Russia and the sanctions hitting Russia as a result of it. Uh, further cripples the helium market, right? Russia's one of the big three helium providers in the world. Wow! And so gas isn't leaving Russia now. So we've seen that uh, translated to even more exacerbated helium shortages, which has driven the helium price almost parabolic at this point. Well,
0: I know we all know what's on the natural gas prices because a lot of us have natural gas either in our homes or pools this summer. What's it done to helium prices over the last three months?
1: ballpark oh, it's uh it, it they move straight up i mean to the point where like if you were to like retail if you're going to buy helium you'd be paying something or like one to two thousand dollars per mcf retail price it's, last time we were talking we're just talking
0: about 500 dollars. last time
1: yeah, and it, just to be clear i don't i'm not suggesting that we're going to get paid that that's the going rate on the market side and right if, we're still modeling out in the in the five hundred dollar range uh, for what we're going to receive, and this is U.S. dollars, George, just to make sure we're clear on that. So, and the six month payback you talked about that that's our internal model using two hundred and fifty dollars Canadian as a price. Yeah,
0: so payback payback could be several weeks by the time. Yeah, yeah, great. Now, great for you guys that you position the company on your own yeah. uh, to to really benefit from this and drive value for shareholders. But now you've acquired Imperial. Um, why? Look, we all know why companies acquire a company; they want to be bigger. So we know that. But what specifically uh, led you guys to to acquire Imperial? And by the way, what is it about uh, about Royal that that was so compelling to the board of Imperial at the same time? Because it's two way street.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it is. So we, we love the asset in Imperial. Um, they're principally their Stevel asset, which they put three wells into so far. Two of them look like they're gonna be uh, productive wells. And so they've, they've been production tested. They've, they've completed every aspect of the exploration side. And now it's a matter of just turning these wells into production wells. So we saw that feathering in with what I just talked about with market dynamics and pricing, and our ability to contract now with higher volumes at higher prices while the higher prices are here, it was, it was too good to pass up. So we took a swing at it. We made an aggressive pitch that made sense for Royal and Royal shareholders. And and I think what uh, what the imperial board and management saw was the ability to take their asset, which they've de-risked and marry it up with a company that has as much or more runway for for economic growth than any other public company that there is. Yeah, so, I'm glad
0: you answered that, because we want to know, look, this is still going to vote. And yeah. it, you know, there may be imperial shareholders right now wondering, hey, why should I agree to this? Why is Royal going to help make one plus one four as opposed yeah. to just one plus one being two?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at, it, look at it now, I mean, adding the Steville asset and and they still, there are other assets in their portfolio. Steville East is another one that looks like a, a bit of a mirror image of Steville, so we can put some wells there as well. Uh, but we wanted it initially to turn on those first two wells while we turn on our first wells at Climax, and then we go from, you know, having three wells producing to having five wells producing, and the volume essentially doubles and. When you're able to double volumes that you deliver to market uh, in a time of of rising prices that that just makes too much sense to pass up
0: yeah because you have more people coming to you uh asking for helium at that point like i could have george's helium in one well i think i'd make all this money but yeah. most people most most big customers won't company today george only got one well no but i if mean you they, 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 if you combine powers then you've got a lot more demand coming in right
1: yeah it's more it's more reliability of supply too right so i mean uh with, with a one or a two well uh, company, I mean, you do stand the risk of one of the wells going down and not be able to meet your contracts. With sure. five, you have the ability to shift production and, and feed from a different field if you need to. Um, interesting about the on the demand side, George, is, uh, you know, historically speaking, companies like ours get approached by industrial gas companies to sign off take agreements. And, and that's still the case, but we're also being contacted by end users uh, more often than not now. So all the way down the line from, from, you know, small modular reactor companies to space exploration companies to you name it. They're coming direct to source now, looking to diversify their supply chain uh, away from just purely industrial gas companies and down all the way to producer. So,
0: Are you guys agnostic to the, vertical, to the vertical? For example, some producers say, look, we'll only deal with the middlemen, you know, the big wholesalers or the, and, and then let them deal with the end users. Uh, or are you guys saying, Hey, we're, we're open for everybody. Uh, you know, which, which way do you think you're going to
1: go? Well, right now we're open for anybody. We're looking for the right mix of contracts that make sense in the short term and the long term. So I think hitching our wagon to one specific industry segment or one specific customer doesn't make a lot of sense. So we're looking to secure a couple of different uh, offtake agreements of different term. And in each term of these things, we'll offer different pricing and, and so our, our viewpoint is if we can offer both a, a short term contract to an off taker married with a longer term one, um, our average price per molecule delivered is going to go up. It's going to go up. So
0: Yeah, you want to mix those, right? You want yeah. to have a little bit of a mix. You don't you don't want them all long term. You don't want them all short term.
1: Yeah, yeah. We sort of uh, look at it almost like a, a, a GIC ladder, where uh, instead of making right. one point, you're making you know 200%. <laughs> that's that's the same principle. Just try to raise the average price for.
0: You guys have been ready, uh, you know, you guys essentially been ready to get to production. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like um, Imperial's project also seems like it's ready. But supply chain is hampering you a little bit. Is is. that just a blip or is that potentially a really big, big problem? I think I know what the answer is, but I think we want you to address it because they want to hear it come from you. For sure.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, when we when we started getting ready to move towards production, there was about a three to four month gap. Between when you order a purifier and when you when it was when you receive it, it's now nine to twelve months, and, uh, and we're just stuck with it like everybody else. It's not unique to Royal. Um, it'll be here for a while. Eventually, it'll settle out. But for now, that's what we're looking at. So, we have the engineered plans done on a facility for Climax. And when it looked like we were going to get to a point where we had uh, we were going to be able to acquire Imperial, we started getting a plant engineered for that site as well. And so we have that. So once we have comfort that the, the, this deal is going to close, we will pull the trigger and order those order those purifiers. And we will look to acquire two right off the hop instead of one, to bring two different uh, fields online at the same time. And there are some cost savings associated with that. We save around 10 to 15% by ordering two as opposed to one.
0: And I know you're not with a crystal ball, but if you're saying it's nine to 12 months and we're sitting here essentially in the almost middle of May or first, yeah. first week of May, does that mean you probably won't make production by the end of the year, or is nine to twelve months a worst case scenario? And it's kind of like expect, you know, plan for the worst, but you know, you're ready for the best too.
1: We're calling it a worst case scenario for now. I mean, what we're guiding the markets is is likely Q1, but in reality, we are targeting Q4 for for production. And it's uh, it's been a frustrating endeavor getting getting these things brought online. Uh, we've been met with a number of challenges, um, whether it be you know engineering or or even just supply chain, but but we're on track. I mean, we're, we're making progress. We're, we're close with our offtake partners We're we have deals lined up on the processing side. So I think I think these are realistic targets to meet that, that Q4, Q1 is. Uh, and and
0: is by the way, good. in the meantime, uh, it's only benefiting you and shareholders today because you've got this inventory of helium on the ground. Yeah. That's just gaining in value. So it's not a terrible thing no that you haven't gone to production sooner right i mean i know listen you're a ceo and you guys company you want to start producing but as the value of your inventory grows it's not a terrible thing not to be selling as of yet
1: no it's not i mean we could have we could have signed off take agreements last fall right we left 100 or 200 dollars us on the table and and so i'm not i'm not suggesting that we were very smart and not signing it uh we you know we just we're benefiting from some terrible geopolitical events that are benefiting our commodity price so I'm, I'm happy we didn't sign them back then um we're, we're going to make more for our shareholders by doing it now
0: uh you discovered the nazar 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 sorry one of the zone uh at the climax project that you know that's that, that was a real big thing that's a real big feather your cap. what's the status there uh of the project and what are next steps
1: yeah so we've had that uh in with the Petroleum Engineering Department at the University of Regina, they've been running modeling simulations on that zone and what what we're trying to get out of that is the, the exact right well design to exploit the Nazare zone to the maximum possible extent with the fewest possible wells so we're hoping to have initial results on that mid May, which we're almost at now so it's moving nicely we haven't had any roadblocks. Um, we haven't had any negative feedback from the group of engineers that are doing it. So that that sounds positive to us. And once we get those results back and we have that design, then it's just a matter of, of building out our development plan around that. So uh, I think, you know, we'll be looking to drill the well that they designed at some point, probably early third quarter, uh, end of summer, early fall. and you know presumably it'll be as successful as the model shows it and then we'll be looking to bring on just a, a tidal wave of of of, of helium in well okay
0: uh, that and that leads yeah. to my next question by the way, you don't know the questions i've gotten lined up for you but given the fact that you, we probably got a lot of imperial people who are either watching or listening to my podcast yeah. maybe just a quick put into context you know how big the discovery at nazari is
1: well i mean it it's I'm gonna try not to be too arm wavy about this, but it's a, it's a massive fine. It's one of the biggest inert gas fines in Saskatchewan history, if not the biggest. So uh, finding the right way to unlock it and get it flowing to surface at high rates is uh, is just nothing but beneficial for everybody involved. If we're able to, or when we're able to do this, uh, it's gonna be another game changer for, for Royal to the point where, I mean, we're gonna be looking into building you know permanent facilities immediately. For for Nazare as opposed to the mobile ones, because the mobile ones we don't think will be able to handle the flows that come out of that. So once we have it unlocked, so yeah, it is important to understand that
0: it's not a case of if we can get some helium out that, you're just trying to optimize how to get it out. The that's most right.
1: Efficient. Yeah, that's but right. If you
0: want to, you could be popping it out to not tomorrow, literally, but you know, you could
1: yeah, no, you're right. But we're we want to find because I mean, these wells are going to be a bit more unconventional when we drill them. I mean, they're going to be likely horizontal wells and because of that it brings in additional costs so we want to make sure that we're drilling the most economic well possible instead of just we could have got easily gone in and drilled a horizontal on our own and just tried it but that's sort of a fool's errand if you can get some of the best engineers in the world to tell you the right way to produce the most gas for the least cost that seems like a prudent thing to do as a as a business person
0: yeah yeah no doubt but again you know all of us are at home, have our day jobs and we don't always know yeah. those nuances, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. So it's yeah. great for you to, to really explain to everybody. It's yeah. not a case of, can we get it out of this? You can get it out, but let's get out officially. That's Yeah, that's- let's get it out the right way.
1: So um, and in the meantime, we'll be going in and drilling additional wells at Climax into the more conventional zones. So the wells we, the wells we look to bring online at Climax are not gonna be Nazareth wells. They're gonna be more conventional wells, which just means we're, we're producing from a higher zone. So.
0: And last thing, going back to macro, um, we do, we know demand is strong and is going to continue to remain strong. The the Russia supply issue, that's not going to go away even if they magically have a ceasefire tomorrow, right? Because it yeah. seems like the world has turned on Russia, and now all sorts of sanctions for all from financial to gases. So, do, do you expect that macro environment to benefit? Uh, royal and hopefully all imperial shareholders as well for years to come or do you think it's more of a it'll get cleaned up sooner and things get back to normal
1: well I think I think to some extent it'll get back to normal it's going to take some time though I mean I don't I don't see a very fast ending to this situation over there and as you said even when we do it's not as if ceasefire today free flow of everything out of Russia tomorrow and uh, so I think there's going to be some benefit to to royal and imperial shareholders over the next couple of years which is great because remember we contract out not on daily spot prices but on futures prices so to the extent that the price has moved up to four to five hundred us we're going to be contracting for that for a couple of years so even if the price drops I and mean, we're still benefiting from it but in the long run that gas will come back to market um, whether it just serves china at that point or if the rest of the world uh, is willing to start accepting again remains to be seen but practically speaking unless we have really bringing a lot of new uh, Heli molecules to market or some of our competitors do the world needs it they're going to take it from wherever they can get it
0: you know this acquisition uh, look this is a friendly deal yeah. uh, management uh, the board uh, who, who speaks for shareholders of Imperial they, they they liked it they're, they're recommending it so do you expect any uh, any real issues other than just the standard uh, closing and if not, What's the ball? What is it? What does it look like pre, uh, you know, before closing and after closing?
1: Sure. No, we don't expect any material road bumps. I mean, we've we've talked to a number of the larger imperial shareholders and the brokerage firms that own material quantities in their books. And and they understand it. They understand the, the ability to take a good asset and marry it with a really good asset that's much, much bigger. So they see the upside um, they're in favor i have not had a negative review on the deal yet from any one of uh, the shareholders we've talked to so it's just going to follow the normal path it's going to go through all of the the timelines regards to writing investment circulars for the imperial shareholders and then having a formal shareholder vote um, we are, we're, we're targeting the end of june for that i mean it, it is it is possible it trickles into early july but uh, we're hopeful that it won't but even if it does it, it does i mean at that point we're going to know going in a few weeks out, whether or not this is looking like it's going to pass with no issue. And if it does, we'll start ordering those facilities and just start cutting down that timeline. So we can get these things rolling as and soon as away
0: possible. you go.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would look for some things in the interim between now and then coming out of Royal, um, you know, involving who we're going to be selling the gas to out of these wells. And I think, I think those are very impactful news releases, um, uh,
0: so I mean, you're you're pretty confident that you guys are close to signing oh yeah, some
1: takes. Yeah. yeah, I mean we're in we're in contract writing stage um, for a couple of these things.
0: That's that's great to hear. Andy. It's that's it's really going crazy. to happen.
1: I mean, we've we've talked about it for a long time, and as I mentioned, we could have done this last fall, and I'm but I'm glad we didn't. So I think when we see uh, when we come out with these contracts, the market will actually be able to look at it and say, okay, they're selling helium for X they're going to produce at X rate, we can now model cash flows and see, okay, what is a helium company actually worth? It's not just spec value anymore. We'll have real metrics. And I think that's really going to benefit us and it'll cause a re-rate on probably the whole helium space, uh, positively or negatively, but we're going to be able to see with some with some predictability, of what cash flows should look like on one of these companies?
0: Well, eight. I'm going to read this. Eight Capital made you the top top pick of 2022, yeah. and an excerpt says, "We see helium as a key play for 2022. It should be a catalyst-rich year for Royal Helium, including plans for first production, which we see as a catalyst for a major re-rating uh, re-rating event."
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it looks like everybody's on. Everyone's really uh, positive about what you're doing there. It's just. No longer question of, and this is a big one. When you guys were first starting to accumulate and acquire helium assets years ago, most people thought, "What the heck are you talking about?" Oh, You're yeah. chasing cannabis and you know uh, yeah. blockchain and things like that. And here you are today, top pick from Eight Capital, making a major, you know, make a pretty important acquisition, and not too far off from production. So, on that note, last word to you, Andy. How should your shareholders? feel about where how Royal Helium is, is uh, positioned right now? Well, I think
1: they should be pretty excited. And I think the Imperial shareholders should be very excited about what, what this deal offers. And I think what we've done over the last number of years uh, is exactly what we're supposed to do, which is change the question from if to when. And, and that's, we've, we've done that pretty successfully. There's no if we'll ever produce, now it's just when. When can we get the facilities on site and start turning these things on? And so we'll we'll give more guidance as we go on on the wind. Um, but things look really good here. I mean, we were capitalized to get through our exploration program this summer. We've got a well that we're going to start drilling here in a matter of weeks. Um, so we're still rolling. Um, besides everything that's happening with Imperial, we'll be drilling back in Saskatchewan within a couple of weeks.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you one last very fast question that to really, for the world to really get a measure of if andy andrew davidson knows what he's talking about i see a <laughs> hockey stick hanging behind you on the wall uh playoffs have already started you've got to see some cards on the table from different teams yep. who's winning the cup
1: oh boy oh boy
0: <laughs>
1: uh you know i think betting against colorado would be a fool's errand at this point
0: yeah. despite the fact that calgary's right next door
1: to you the fact that Calgary's right next door, and you know, I'm pulling for Calgary. They have an exciting team, but uh, boy, what a what a series that would be! Two high-powered offensive teams going at it.
0: So I'm, I'm assuming you don't have high hopes for the Maple Leafs.
1: I'd love to see them move on. Uh, they have a, they have a history of uh, of not closing out, not closing the deal, so to speak. And I think last night was an example of that. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they get over it soon because. Uh, I think uh, the league would be would be better off having Toronto uh, make a deep run.
0: But I got to tell you, the fact that you answered that question with Colorado means you put your head in front of your heart. Uh, <laughs> so that's a big check mark for me. And Andy, congratulations on on this. Uh, it's not closed yet, but on this really important development. Yeah. And it looks like we're going to have you back on because from what you're saying, we should be expecting more news in the next several weeks. So can't wait to have you back on.
1: That's great. Well, thanks for the time. I always appreciate our conversations.
0: Hey, you know, the fact that you're able to describe to everybody the helium industry in a way that we all get it uh, and you know the macros and the short term, I think is, is, is awesome. It's always great talking to
1: you. Awesome. Thanks, George.
0: For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening to my podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform to Andrew Davidson, the CEO and chairman of Royal Helium Trades in Canada out of the stock symbol RHC for friends in the U.S., r h c c f to do your due diligence get the company's profile page in agoracom where you get good a great thousand foot overview of the company and its projects and once you've got that base foundational knowledge head right over the company's website do your deep dive due diligence and hopefully t- today you discovered your next great small cap company thanks for joining us have a great day see you next time